Then. Started with that. Welcome into the Nick Bob Podcast, Bo Robert Rude. It's a people can see our table. It's like it's literally an oval, and we are for two people sitting across from each other. We're a long ways away. We need a megaphone to communicate. <laughs> if I had to slide you a drink, like I'd have to slide it down to you. We cannot. Even if we wanted to shake hands, we couldn't touch right here. It's like in one of those movies of you know in England in the eighteen hundreds. There's this gigantic <laughs> table, and they're like they ring the butler to come, like bring. <laughs> Bring the ketchup from one side of the table to the other. That's, that's how long how, that's how this, this table feels. We're a long ways away from each other. Are we ready to do this Ohio State recap? Are we ready? We need. We've been circling this table, just yes. kind of anticipating this. Just not ready to jump, but we got to jump in. So here's the thing: we're going to be something for everyone today. If you're, if you just want to hear someone tell you everything's going to be okay, we're going to try and be that for you. <laughs> if you just want to lose your mind and vent and be depressed we're gonna be that for for you as well we're gonna and then because we are all of these things it's everything it's everything it was so hard to not get swept up into the emotion of this entire weekend and i think everyone did you know it was i mean you have game day of all this it was hard to not just go oh man well this is this is like old the old days well because nebraska football is huge to all of us that's obvious but it was huge. It was a huge event on a national scale this week. So, like Nebraska was important nationally this week, right? On a level that we haven't felt in a long time. So, I mean, it's easy to normally get swept up into it. So, times it by ten nationally, and then everybody just goes. It, they it just was, go all in on it. It was enough. I, so I was driving from Lincoln to Omaha to do my Fox radio show, and I'm listening to Greg Sharp on the Husker Sports Radio Network. <laughs> And it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown, Nebraska. <laughs> and then Matt Davis is like, huge call. Huge call, Great Greg. Great job, buddy. Huge call. It's a touchdown, Nebraska, and they're going to win the football game. <laughs> huge play, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and the ball is out. It's stripped. <laughs> I love Greg. Oh. I feel bad with how many advertisements that dude has to read throughout, like, one conversation, like in a snapback, brought to you by Dorothy Lynch, Martinez in a gun, brought to you by Runja. All over. <laughs> Another interception by Nebraska, brought to you by Honda. <laughs> the interception car dealer of the week. Oh, and that checking and six is brought to you by Sap Brothers. Need the bed. <laughs> I get it, man. Uh, We're eventually going to sell advertisements on this podcast, so I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be reading ads, and I've been in that world, but damn, Greg, I feel sorry for you, brother. Greg, what, Greg, whenever he says the word barbecue, I'm like, I'm like, like my dog, I'm just salivating. Something about the way he says barbecue just gets me pumped. But that's, it's like car, car commercials, right? So they, <laughs> if you are driving a truck. Yeah, it's amazing. Somebody talks yeah. like this. If you're driving a Lexus, they bring in an Englishman and he says yeah, the, the finest yeah. engineering. And <laughs> So something about Greg's voice matches It's a barbecue, barbecue voice. <laughs> Greg's got a barbecue voice. <laughs> They're not bringing Greg Sharp on to be like, and next for the pate, Greg Sharp would do his advertising for the French restaurant. Greg Sharp here. Would you like a French croissant? And no. How do you say that? Croissant? Croissant? And the roasted pan duck is brought to you. It's 
But that he's got that's the best way to put it. He's got a barbecue voice. He's got a barbecue voice. Oh my god. And it's God. a heck of voice. He does a great job. Oh, I love I just I but anyways, what was it? Oh, driving in. Driving on I-80 yesterday, listening to Greg. Like I was getting, you could hear some of the background noise. And I literally, I wish I would, like, I got goosebumps driving on the interstate before the game started, like two or three times, just listening to the pregame show. And so it's hard to not get swept up into everything. So here's, we're, we're going we're gonna to try to tackle everything imaginable with, with, with last night. I want to, I do think it's important to preface everything we say with this. Because sometimes when we recap Nebraska games, it's only through the, the lens of Nebraska. Listen, Ohio State might be the best team in the country. Like, they could win the whole thing. That's one of the big takeaways from last Honest, night. Like, was like, as much as we're going to talk about us, we have to take a moment and talk about them. And they're better than anybody realized. They, I, I do think it's important to start from there. That team could win the whole freaking thing. Like, they could win. They could play. Like, they look like a team right now that could play with Bama, could play with Clemson, can play with Oklahoma, can play with LSU, can play with all those teams. To yeah. me. So I think it's important to understand that you didn't get beat by, you know, Frosted Flakes Tech, you know, a million to nothing. You you lost to a team that's one of the best teams in the country, and yeah. clearly they are the benchmark of the Big Ten. They're nope. the standard. We knew that. We knew they were going to be the benchmark of the Big Ten. They turned out to be... I think even those those in uh, in studio analysts were saying, you know, they're talking. It's Alabama one, Ohio State two now. Joel Klatsman on that train too. You know, yeah, like where it. I think you know they're ranked five nationally, but now all of a sudden I think people are looking at them in a higher light than even Clemson, LSU, Georgia. Yeah, which that says a lot to make right. that sort of jump. And this game, I think, was their game that sort of was their. Was their coming out party? Yeah, with that's them. their and big. For, I don't know, but, but they like they didn't play anybody until because here's the thing. This week, they were they were better at every single position. And if you really stop and think about it, would Nebraska have a single player that starts for them? We had that conversation before the games. Some some of us uh, tailgating. Yeah, and the consensus was we had maybe three to five. If you said starting 22, how many right. guys? We had three to five. After the game was over, I don't know that we would say truly one. Maybe Wandale makes one of the top three receivers. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think anybody on defense. I don't think anybody on defense. And then before the game, I was saying, because like, you know, I had a couple conversations with some people and was like, I, you know, Martinez Fields, you, you, you know, on – I'd say that's debatable. I mean, so far, I would say right now, Justin Fields separated himself last night. No question. Uh, so I, I think it's – I guess what, what I want to do is we'll start narrow and get broad. Which is the opposite of – Which is how we – As our all, listeners we'll, we'll know, we, we usually start really broad. We're, yeah, we're like the grocery store. You know grocery stores? They, I always just didn't understand. They move where things are at in the grocery store. You ever notice that? Yeah. We're like, you walk in and you're like, the bread was here – Last week, why is it over there? What grocery store are you going to? I mean, <laughs> I am a hobby guy, and if you don't like it, you can take your ass to Super Saver or wherever the hell it is that you go. You a Whole Foods guy, dog, or where are you going? You're I going do. to like the asparagus no, I go, market? I go what to, kind of asparagus do you guys Nick, have? You got to stop that asparagus talk. <laughs> no, I go Leon, so I'm a Leon's guy, local okay. guy. If they anybody don't, they knows. don't switch. The Lucky Charms have been in just, aisle four for 40 years. Let me just tell you, 
Leon's it <laughs> operates on. You know where it's it's been the same place since I was a kid. So Leon's never changes. I do Leon's and Costco, and a little bit of Open Harvest. You know Open Harvest? Bread? No, no. It's the it's a little, little grocery store kind of by Brian Hospital. I've I've heard of. It. I thought it was like it was we worth- have every kind of bread you could ever imagine <laughs> in Open Harvest. Come on in. Get anything besides bread? No, heck no, no. Never. You eat. You don't have bread for every meal. Harvest wheat, make bread. <laughs> but no, I've, someone told me because High V switches things up. Oh. And someone told me that they're they've done studies that basically the more you get people walking around trying to find things in your store, the better chance you have of like stumbling upon something and buying. Now, I'm not wired like that. I'm not one of those guys. Like, my wife would be like, oh, what's that? I'll take it. Oh, what's that? I'll take it. Oh, what's that? I'll take it. Like. <laughs> that wife here sounds like yeah, a smart she, lady. <laughs> yeah. She's a sharp one, man. But I, but you and I are not like that. Like, are you? I don't walk up and down every aisle. I'm like. I know what I want. I'm going here. We're going here. We're going here. And we're out of there. That's, yeah. You don't. There's no real browsing. It's. You know what you want. You go get it. Yes. It's it's, it's like ex, you just got to execute. You got to execute your, your grocery plan. You know? And oh, yeah. That's so, but, like but yeah. So, we've had, we're switching things up to keep you on your heels. So, we're going to get specific, then go broad. It does seem silly now to think that Nebraska had a shot, but I did. I thought heading into the game, I, I, I mean, I didn't think Nebraska was going to win, but I was like, you know, they could, you never know. They, they get off to a good start. They do all this stuff. You, you never know. I kept telling people I thought we had about a 10% chance. So that's one out of 10 games we win. And I, I was fine with that. But, you know, we were all hoping to play well, regardless if you win or lose. And I think one of the big takeaways, though, is I don't know that we – we're even close enough to to be in a game like I mean like I don't know I mean we 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 were so far from them oh man skill wise that in every way you can judge a football skill power physicality executing every like every it was a clean sweep yeah I mean it's hard to say I mean they could have really played horrible and that maybe that would have changed things maybe they just played really well but. To me, it just was like it didn't look close, really. Yeah. Like in terms of everybody there just looked just better. Well, that I mean, going into the game, Nebraska needed Martinez to have the best game of his career. He had his worst. They needed to get off to a good start. They didn't. They couldn't turn the ball over. They did. They needed to catch a few breaks. They didn't. Like, And so you, you just write four or five things – down that needed to happen they all didn't happen and not only did not happen they went like emphatically the other direction and so let's kind of because ultimately the game you can sum up the game in the first four drives for nebraska and first four drives for Ohio. yeah that's the game so start of the game nebraska on third down martinez has the the interception which where he's rolling right, he tries to sling one in there to Wandale, and that defensive back makes a hell of a play. And what's hard is, you know, you have that whole mantra of have a desire to excel with no fear of failure, and you can't have that, but then also say, but be careful. But, you know, it's one of those things, as a quarterback, you also, you just, you got to be careful. You cannot turn the ball over. You can't throw an interception on that. for Like, that was, that's my biggest nightmare in these games is we did it at Ohio State, 
you know, in 2016 where Tommy throws a pick six. Yeah. That game was over after that. Same thing. Like Martinez, he's playing aggressive. That defense. So let's. This guy is a was a common headache in this game. That defensive end for Ohio State number Chase two, Chase Young. Chase Young is a oh, freak of nature. Yeah, and he kept making inside moves on our tackle all night. Yeah, and we didn't have three seconds to throw the ball. So that's a big part of Martinez's night. Was that guy? Don't don't get it twisted. That guy was in his head the whole night because one, that guy was. Huge getting off the ball, getting pressure, getting into his throwing like, you know. His Couldn't step lane. up. And he, so yeah. he was either scrambling outright or he was, you know, ducking in and having to then try to scramble from there. So that was the first play that happened. Yeah, and he, he went inside and, it, yeah. Yeah, but it was immediate and then he rushed it. Same thing. But you cannot, under any circumstances in those type of games, Turn that ball over on the first drive. You just can't, can't do, it. do it. You just you can't do it. So then, so there it is. First drive, Martinez sidearm pick. Then here comes Ohio State's first drive. There were there were two big moments in this drive. I couldn't believe they didn't because you went back and watched it on. Did you watch a little bit of on TV? The first half today. I couldn't believe that they didn't at least check the spot on the third down where Mo Berry and hit J.K. Dobbins. That, that was close. Like, it was close. I think, ultimately, he probably got it. But, man, to not even measure was seemed a little shaky. Yeah. And then, what did you think about the pass interference call on yeah, Cam I Taylor? thought it was a bad call. I did, too. I mean... And I'm pretty... I'm pretty I like to be pretty unbiased on those things. I, I unbiasedly thought he timed it to the point where it's His like... His hand? You were, can't even call... Like... Pass interference needs to be like egregious. Yes, me. and and even Herb Street on the call thought it was. You know, he said he. I mean, he went as far as saying, "I'm not sure I saw any contact there." I mean, it looked like Cam Taylor just timed up his hand getting in between the wide receiver for Ohio State's hands. But bottom line, so and it was. I think that was back to back play. So you have the yeah. third down where it's close. They don't measure it. Then you have the pass interference, and then one or two plays later they score. So now it's seven nothing. Second drive, and this goes to your point, Nebraska goes three and out. And on the second play of that drive, on second down, and this is where I think Chase Young was already in Martinez's head. He has Wandale Robinson on a screen. And he just rushed it and threw a missile. And I'm telling you, a, a part of that is because he's here. He's already hearing footsteps. Yeah. That, and he, and, and that because was, that looked like that was maybe going to be there. That oh it, it was open it was like it was a panic that was a panic out of a guy that is not a panicky player right um so that was that's a great example of the rush the pass rush the already between between playing regular foes and playing elite teams mm -hmm. like elite that guy's going to be a first round draft pick. Probably would be my guess. I mean, oh, he could be. Uh, he could be a top said, ten guy. Some people have said that the, if, if you always want to take the quarterback if you need one, but I mean, people have made the argument you could make a case he's the number one overall pick. Yeah, and that guy, that guy's presence was was causing those kind of plays. And they had a few guys that were were also good, but that guy, you know, was the number one standout reason why. Yes. Oh, we we have to play different because of him. We so, can't just just block him and expect it to be him to be blocked. So second drive, three and out, and a missed screen on second down that I thought you could already feel the effects of Chase Young. Yep. Or just their pass rush in general. So then here comes Ohio State's second drive, seven nothing. 
they complete they they convert two third downs. They have a sprint out on third and four. Why Lamar Jackson is not playing the sticks and he's ten yards back, I have no idea. It's an easy pitch and catch. Yep. First down. And then they have a third and ten in it was pretty much around the twenty five or thirty yard line. And they run that little motion quarterback sweep with fields and no one was there and they convert a third and 10 on the ground that that run right there was i starred two two plays in the game as my like these changed the game that was the first the, one. the third and 10 run the third and 10 quarterback sprint out because you know we were in like that to me is like we almost earned the stop and they ran a gimmick play where they schemed us, and we just weren't smart enough to see what was happening. Happening, mm-hmm. and we didn't react to it. And that—that that was sort of like I felt like we momentum. The momentum meter went from willing to swing back to it was about to pedal down on on Ohio State. It's it's it was only seven nothing. Only it's only seven nothing. They convert a third and four. Where you could get off the field on that play, and then you force them to another third down. That's why it was different. It was like the gashing, and we'll get to it, the gashing of Nebraska didn't really start to happen until like the middle of the second quarter. Yeah. Like they were they were hanging in there defensively a little bit early on. But so then they complete the the third and ten, and then I think field scores on the the little uh, I don't know if it was a design draw. I think he just kind of tucked did he, it and run. Did he, sc- did he scrambled? He scrambled for the first touchdown. Uh, no, the where, first touchdown was the pick. It was a little rub play, and Boodle didn't come down on. Oh, the little I, I thought that was the second. I thought no, the, that first the first one. Touchdown. Well, either way, those yeah. were the first two. So now it's fourteen nothing. Yep, it's fourteen nothing. Ohio State's had two drives. Nebraska's had two drives. So here comes the the drive. The most important drive. The defining drive of the game in a lot of different ways. Nebraska goes old school. It might as well have been 1995 all over again. They come out. I mean, at one point, they looked like they were in like the, the, the wishbone almost. On the first play of the drive, they were, it was, they, they were, no, they did that multiple times. They were in the wishbone, it yeah. looked like. But they go I-formation, they put Mills at fullback, and they start gashing them. Yep. And they are they are plodding their way down the field to the point where Ohio State has to call timeout. Now, in the state, and I, you, yeah, weren't, give me a sense you weren't in there. People in the stadium, there was a energy that was building because everybody there – has an affinity for has an affinity yeah. for for what that yeah. was and for the fee- and it looked good like it was a gr- I'll give Frost this that was a great change of pace he had probably been saving that for them and you know it caught of, him off guard big time it caught him off guard different blocking scheme they weren't ready for it it was just what we needed where we were gashing them we were we were keeping like we were protecting the balls on the ground it was a statement drive. Um, and the crowd was truly about to explode. When they called that timeout, I you know you look up on the jumbotron, right. And there'd be some you know yeah, some Yahoo with paint on that was yeah. screaming like right. he'd been waiting his whole life to see that again, right? Yeah. So that was pretty fun to see. They they call the timeout. Frost then adjusts, right? He goes to shotgun. Shotgun one, and then it's the play. Wandale through the line like a banana route. What happens? Tipped 
and it lands to an Ohio State Buckeye who's laying on the ground. <laughs> Can you? I mean, you just like. And so, what's hard about it is the. There was a part of me that when they came out and went shotgun, I went, "No, no, it's See, working." I, I went, I went. Here's here's why I. I said that's perfect because they they called the timeouts. Okay, here's what we have to do yeah. on this thing. So everybody's thinking that. So then they come out and do what they normally do and have a play ready where they're not now right. game playing their so, normal. So that, that's the thing. It's like so I was like I was like good. I said switch it and then bring it back when they've kind of gotten that and out of their here's, mind. Here's the ultimate if Frost didn't hear. Watch that play. One, if that's a good pass, Wandell scores. It was a, it was a touchdown. It was a perfect play because it was a touchdown. Because that mean, guy had fallen down. There was yeah. a guy that the guy that w- was going to be able to tackle Wandell was on the ground. Who was guarding was Spielman. Spielman on a post. Yes, nobody had Wandell because he ran through the line right. on a banana. And so all they had to do was throw maybe a little bit more outside, a little softer. Wandell catches it, walks in, and every, like it's fourteen so, seven in the game. We probably don't win that game. Yes. But the game is different. To me, if you had to say, what was the pivotal moment of the game? I'd say that play. It, because it, it, it was the, so for me, it was the, those the two. So the third the, and 10. The third and 10 quarterback sweep kind of broke our back a little bit there. And then we rallied. And then like the football gods said, it's not, it's not your day and not your year right now. Essentially. It, <laughs> it's like it throw. tips to a guy. And so I'm with you. I don't think Nebraska wins the game, but the game could have maybe been different if Nebraska, if Wandale catches that pass and and walks in, it's fourteen seven, and the momentum and the meter, momentum all of a sudden is like so far back to us that we all of a sudden it, it maybe doesn't it doesn't turn out to be the same game. What what Nebraska never had the opportunity to do that game was two things. Number one, capitalize on the momentum of the crowd and the and the energy of the crowd, mm-hmm. and two, just. Like they were never able to exhale and settle in. And if Wandale catches that pass and goes in, maybe that happens. Here's the thing though with that, because I'm I'm with you on the tip and the the it's like, oh my I mean, how many times do you see a ball get tipped and it lands to another player lay on the ground? Pretty much you might watch football for a whole two years year, you'll see that like twice, maybe. May, I mean, honestly, maybe zero. But here's the thing, and it goes back and we're getting into a Martinez conversation. It's a bow, it's a touchdown. Like at some point, that's a <laughs> touchdown, Bo. Like no. at some point, he's missed high all year. You like there are moments where it's like you got to make that throw. Yeah, you. I mean, it's a touchdown. But same, same. This is the this this is the Martinez, the Martinez sort of side branch we're always going to go to is what happened is from his left side. Same thing, like pressure. Pressure at his right arm. Yep, and he and he had to. He had to. Yeah, that was his. That was the name of the game for him. He wasn't in a clean, like, comfortable pocket all night. Well, and the other thing too with this with this drive, because this is going to be another conversation. Is one of the reasons. There's a lot of reasons why Nebraska. I think that drive was good, and they were they were marching down the field. Was because it was a different look, and they're running the ball and stuff. But you know why it also was pretty good? It's because Martinez was under center. Yeah. Almost that whole drive. So you didn't have the Cam Jurgens high snaps. That that is a problem. Like it is still a huge yeah. problem. Because think about I'd imagine almost every play, and we talked about this in the South Alabama recap pod. Every play, I think Martinez's prevailing thought to start every play is he's on 
high alert of catching the snap. You don't know where it's going to be. But on at least on that drive, it was good to get Martinez under center so at least he had the ball and timing was going to be okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and I'm, this is just more of my philosophy. I just like the ability to do that. I think it's, it's a different kind of run when you are under center. There's a little bit more, you know, I don't know. I think you're... Your running backs and line can get going downhill faster. Agreed. It's a faster developing play usually. Right, the quick hitter, quick hitting. Yeah, and and that's that's just it's nice to have that for uh, just to give the different the, the defense a different look. Totally, and to and like I said, I always like I like the ability to do that in the red zone, short yardage. And so okay, so there, so there's there's Nebraska's third possession. Ends in the what was one of the pivotal moments of the game, the tipped and the pick. Yep. So then here comes Ohio State's third drive. They hit, uh, I mean, KJ Hill on a really long pass where if he stays on his feet, he might have scored. But ultimately, Nebraska kind of hangs tight. Caleb Tanner gets a big sack on second down when they're second and goal, I think. And they force Ohio State into a field goal. So now it's. 17 to nothing. But one important thing to that I noted was Ohio State started the game five for five on third down. Like those mm-hmm. are so there were five moments in the first three drives of the game, five different moments that Nebraska could have gotten off the field. And it's just it goes back to what we t- like Nebraska needed to be damn near perfect to even Hang in there. Now, you're never going to hold Ohio State to like 0 for 12 on third down, but you got to be better in allowing a team to start 5 for 5 on third down. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's Ohio State's third drive. And then Nebraska's fourth drive to me is when this, this broke the Nebraska's back. Martinez's worst pick of the day, It was that's the next drive. It was just a bad throw. I don't know if Mike Williams didn't get vertical enough or whatever, but it wasn't that was that pass wasn't even close. Yeah. Ohio State picks, then they then Nebraska's defense has come right back onto the field. And that's when Ohio State just I think it was two or three three, four plays, touchdown, and now all of a sudden it's twenty-four nothing and it's night night. It's over. The game's so over. In a span of ten plays, maybe, not even, in a span of eight to ten plays and Five, six minutes of game time. The game went from potentially being 14 to 7, 14 to 7 Ohio State up to 24 nothing <laughs> ball game. Yep. And it's all and it's over. And and that's the part that is so frustrating. And and I I mean, I've been on a few of those teams where we had some games that got out of hand like that. And it usually is a combination of Defense isn't really stopping them, but usually the offense isn't is setting you up to have a terrible night. Where the, when the offense does stuff like that, it, it's impossible to play defense because mm-hmm. you have to be perfect all the time. And, and the team you're going against is just going. There's no pressure on them to be conservative. They get to do whatever they want, however they want to do it, and there's no consequence because they keep getting the ball back going in, like not. Hey, we're going to start inside our own twenty-five. They're starting on their fifty or in every time. It's like that's a offensive coordinator's dream. Yes, because there's no pressure. There's you open up the whole playbook and you go, oh, you know all those Dickum plays that we have that this team's going to struggle with. We're doing all of them. Right. 
It's not, hey, we're inside our own 10 because of field position issues. We're going to be really safe and not take a chance. Right. You know, like that's the name of the game when this stuff starts happening. When your offense turns it over a lot and or with lots of quick threes and outs and you don't punt the ball and turn the field over, you put your defense out there and give them no chance to – to do their job well. It was going to have to be a night where the offense led the charge because they were going to have to score. It was going to have to be a night where Frost's offense and Martinez and all those guys were, were on full display. Yeah. Controlled the ball, controlled the clock. Right. And it you had and to it put up happen. some points because they were going to, they're a good enough team. They're going to score some points on us. And the other thing you bring up about how it's an offensive coordinator's dream, too. It's also a quarterback's dream. Dude, it's a whole lot easier when you're up 17 nothing to sit in the pocket and and let stuff rip, rip it down the field. Try yeah. that, you know, it, you're 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 playing a lot more free and that's what we talked about a week ago was the 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 biggest thing that the the I had two reasons I thought Nebraska may be able to make this thing interesting. This was Ryan Day's first big, real big moment as a head coach. And this was Justin Fields' first real big moment as a quarterback. And with how the game started, you never once made those two guys sweat at all. Yeah, I don't know that they even had to necessarily do anything special. I think they just, the game went in their favor so quickly that it was just sort of much, just like business as usual. Right. Like, I mean, I don't think that that quarterback really made an amazing play. I mean, I guess he had that scramble was a really good play. And, but and he threw a couple of good pass. You know, he had, the one touchdown to to in the half on the little fade route was a hell of a throw. Yeah. I mean he but yeah, no but, but I mean, he wasn't like he, that's when things were firing on all cylinders. Then right. he his he was throwing great ball. I mean the guy had a great game. He looked awesome, but I mean it was just like I felt like he never had to worry for a second. Well yeah. I mean you just you look at it's crazy how Nebraska you know they ran 98 plays last week against Illinois? You know how many plays they ran this week? Uh, no. 56. They ran like, I want to say the number was like they ran 28 plays in the first half. Might even been less than that. When, so Did we have six? What was our, was it, we only had like how many yards in that first half? In the first half, so I, I screenshotted the stats. Total yards. Ohio State had 378, Nebraska had 76. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that that's the story there. I mean, it it Ohio State had, had uh Yeah, I mean, you you look at it, it's just I don't know. It it is it's mind-blowing. I mean, it really it really is. I And so, that's kind of the game. To me, there was nothing in the second. The game was over. We can talk about you know, for proud of the guys how they compete, whatever. I mean, it's like the game was over. It was good that they continued to fight and all those things, but like that that's the game. The first that that's it right there. To me, because then they they did go on to punch it in one more time after Nebraska went three and out again. Yeah. But to me, those that's why to me that's the game. The first four possessions on both sides told the story of the game. Yeah, that was it, and that that's really I mean, there that's the story. That's that's everything. That was it was like it was amazing. It was almost amazing to watch it and then rewatch it because you're just like you couldn't you, like before the game starts you go. Like, how can you give up 38 points in basically, you know, quarter and a half, right? right? But, like, we found a way to do that. Right. That seems hard to do almost. But when thing, when when there's that much pressure in sort of tension and, like, the, the I think the size of the 
it was such a big deal. I think some of that played into once it started going, it goes. Yeah. Where I don't know what that is about football and about us right. and our team, but like that's sort of been the MO of Nebraska. It's like when it's big, we let it snowball. Yeah, there's just somehow Nebraska's ability to stop the bleeding has just eluded them for so long. And and I think the ult, the two ultimate Cut stopping, stop the bleeding, everyone calm down plays were the third and down third and <laughs> ten run and Wandale's tipped pick. Yep. If those two plays are different, again, I think we all know Nebraska was gonna win the game, but at least it would have it could have been respectable. Yeah, and then you're in the game, the play calling changes, their play calling changes. It's all it, it all changes, but like it like I said, in the end, when you look at that game and you look at those two teams. They were, they were another level, and and that's that's, that's the, the take. Scary that's thing. that's really it. I mean, that's I mean, the it, thing that in the end you go, okay, well, we're not there. They we can, are there. Yeah, we we can talk because I mean, listen, there there's always some element of coaching that absolutely matters, that that is a worthwhile conversation to have. But also, I don't know how you can't watch last night and just see again. Now this is they're like one of the three or four best teams in the country. So you're talking about the elite of the elite. But I don't know how you can't watch that game and not go, Nebraska doesn't look like them at all. No. And it, it, there's still a personnel thing that has to change, you know? And whether that's development, recruiting, it's all the above. But there still is a personnel conversation that has to be had where it was like they had just – I was blown away, especially with them defensively. I just thought their, their back seven – their and the de- violence at which they hit and closed the, their the, the, defensive backs oh, were read and reacted so fast. We hadn't seen anything like that. I mean, they would every every time their corners would fly up and they, you know, it was at a closing rate that like we were like, wow, like yeah. we, we hadn't seen that, right? And so our guys, I think one, they were doing that to us. Two, we weren't doing that to them. Our defense to their offense. Uh, that was a huge, huge difference. Their defensive line, like you know, the way they pressure a quarterback versus our—I mean, our guys are good against the run, but they're they're big guys and they're, yeah, they're not big really beefy guys. They're, yeah, not they're not really pass rushers, right. right? So that's the part that was, you know, I think was difficult um, for us as well. And then, I mean, you across the board, their receivers, their. Everything. Their O line was moving our big guys sometimes, which is not easy to do. Um, it was across the board. They just had guys that were really good, yeah, and the, they were playing aggressive, faster, better. Like when when they're better and they're playing better, it's a problem. Playing smarter, it's a problem. It's a problem. There's it, nothing you you can't win that game. No, the thing. So we're going to talk about Martin. I want to do a deep dive on Martinez in a second, but. I tweeted this last night, and I thought about you as well because of the article that you saved that I imagine if we were at your house, it's still sitting there, that Dirk turnover, the Dirk Chatlin turnover story. But I tweeted this last night. It is truly remarkable how the names and faces and even schemes can change over the course of a decade. And yet the turnover issue can remain the same. From Callahan to Riley to Frost, 
to from Callahan to Bo to Riley to Frost from from Zach Lee to Taylor Martinez to Tommy Armstrong to Tanner Lee to now Adrian Martinez. All those guys played in different offensive systems for different coaches. The only common denominator is where they played, which is Nebraska. How the turnover issue has has remained the same is is mind blowing to me. Yeah, uh, I. That's one of the great unknowns. Dirk's article was was the the best deep dive into that we've ever seen. It was so telling. Um, but I. I can't explain it, and I especially can't explain it in these big games. Yeah. These big games, I don't understand why we seem to never rise to the occasion and protect the ball. It's unbelievable. We never do. And it, it, it's disheartening as a fan because you just go, you just want to be in the game. That's the thing that I think these losses are are so heartbreaking is is not just that we lose it's the the fashion the right? way and when we do get the big tv national you know telecast we sort of embarrass ourselves and that's the part that we take so much pride in our football program See, that's that when it goes national and we keep embarrassing ourselves People, I mean, it just, it hurts their it just it's, souls. It's crazy how, like, I just feel like, and we were talking before we got started, I just feel like I've seen that game a million times. Right? We've like, seen, it's been the last couple of Ohio States, and then before that was the last couple of Wisconsin's. Yeah. Basically, the Wisconsin's and the, and the, and the Ohio, Ohio State State's games the last just five to ten years yes, have gone that way. Where they've all just, and they've all seemingly been in a big moment, big stage, and it's it's a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. And then 10, 10 years ago or 12 years ago at the, the USC game I was in, that was that was sim, that was very similar. Game day's yeah. there, gets out of hand right away. Yeah. That, it's tough. The, you can't explain it. I don't, I don't feel like that there's a cult. It's like a totally a culture thing because I don't, I don't know that turnovers are – you can relate point to culture. I don't. I mean, but both here's the thing. It's it, that. I guess that's my point. Is <laughs> I can't explain. I can't explain it. Think though. about. It's been different. You can't even say. Well, you know, it's the offense. Well, the offense that Mike Riley ran is different than the one that Frost ran. It's different than the one Bill, that Bill Callahan, Callahan ran. Was like that, true West Coast offense. Riley's was like a hybrid. Bo was like a spread. Frost is more of a spread. Like. Different quarterbacks, different schemes, different head coaches, different cultures, everything, different, different cultures. cultures. It's just, it's all. So I don't know what my point is. It's just amazing. But like it's, 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 it's amazing. That's it. That's the hard part. It's amazing, and there's no explanation. There's nothing that you can you can turn to to say truly why. I mean, yeah. Dirk's article is great because it goes down to the the amazement of how much of an outlier we are in this department. We win more games than we should with the amount of turnovers we get. It's, it's, it's crazy amazing. how many more games we win than we should. But at the same time, it's bizarre how many turnovers we have. It's a crazy amount of turnovers. So and so let's let's get into Martinez because that's obviously the crux. He was a guy that threw a lot of interceptions yesterday or on Saturday. There, of course, as always, were a handful of conversations about, you know, do you, do you pull him? Do you sit him for a series? Do you see what can happen with Vedral? I I want to I want to start with with this with that. 
just like anything in life, your big ev- there are certain big events in your life that shape you, that stick with you, that no matter what, if you're ever in any sort of situation, that is still in your subconscious a part of you. September 13th, 1997. Scott Frost got pulled for one series against Central Florida at home when he was playing for Nebraska, Frankie London came in mm-hmm. and drove the ball down the field 65 yards and scored a touchdown. So remember, it's one of those things, Frost wasn't necessarily, remember they lost at Arizona State. Yeah. And then they had just, like, there was, and, and now, apparently Coach Osborne said after the game that it was predetermined that Frankie was going to come in on this series regardless of what was going to happen. But nevertheless, Scott Frost got taken out of the game, however yeah. you want to paint it. And then he got booed as he re-entered the game. <laughs> that that stuff shapes you. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about being a player's coach and what that means. Well, a part of being a player's coach is remembering what it's like to be a player. Yeah. And I think when people sit there and scream, you sit him, you pull him, you... You know, Frost, what is he doing? He needs to, you know, give Vedral a, a series, see what happens. I think Scott Frost always has Saturday, September 13th, 1997 in. It's a part of him. And he understands that, like, there's a lot that goes into that. And I think he, because after the game, I read, I pulled up the story on the archives. Tom Osborne reiterated that Scott Frost is the quarterback after the game. Like, I think he understands what it's like to be the quarterback in the state of Nebraska, to be questioned, to want to see him get pulled out of the game, and then the importance of hang a coach hanging with you and then also backing you publicly. So I don't think – it's not surprising to see Scott handle it the way he's handled it so far. That That's a – I did not remember that, but that's a f- unbelievable point because that's – there's no question that's in his psyche – um, it, it's funny. He he threw the third pick, and you felt like in the time you're like he may have another one or two of these. And I think there's a natural inclination from people that if you throw three or four picks and a half, you you bench somebody, right? I don't know though that Scott thinks that way with Adrian because I think he is so head and shoulders committed to this kid that I think he'd rather almost let him yeah. fail on the field so that he could learn more. I think I think you're right in the sense of he doesn't want to mess with his psyche by threatening his job or anything. Um, and like, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's funny because I think everybody naturally just thinks if you're playing, if your quarterback plays terrible, just like it's like a, you know, a pitcher in baseball is like, you if you're, you're pull, right. but like it's, there's, there's think, something the to that position. Yeah. I think the quarterback is, a, is just different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. He's a captain. He's probably the voice of the team, the leader of the team. What I'm saying is it's, it's a lot more nuanced than just black and white of what's happening during a game. It is. And you, I always, I just, you, I mean, I've been now, we've all, we all talk about sports all the time. And now I've done it like as a career for 10 years. And one thing I've always struggled with is questioning coaches 
I have I have an easier time questioning play calling than I do who's playing. Because I think I always want to give coaches the benefit of the doubt when they're like, we don't see what Noah Vedral looks like Monday through Friday. This assumption that Noah Vedral is, you know, going to be going to come in there and just light it up. I mean, what is that? That that is based on what? Uh, Yeah, he he took one snap and cleanup duty and everyone, you know, like that. That's the part is like. To me, this guy's been head and shoulders our best quarterback since he walked onto campus a year and a half ago. He clearly shows you flashes of being really good. Has he been been, uh, a little disappointed this year? Absolutely. But he still gives you those flashes of like, that guy is... Yeah. My my instinct when that was happening was I'd rather see Martinez throw five picks than introduce the idea that you got benched because that that does something to him and to the team where it's like, I don't know if our coach thinks as highly of him as, you know, and some people might say, well, that just shows the team. No that one's above. It's no like, one's it's above. different. I, I it's don't, just- I think it is different when, when you're trying to build, you're trying to build this program and build confidence and everything in this offense revolves around this guy. This guy has to be your guy. And I think we have the guy. He is still the guy as as much as he's not been playing to his ability. The thing is, we still believe he has that ability. And totally. if you if you believe that, if you believe in Martinez, I think you play this guy until like he can't get it done. Like completely can't get it done. And he's still a young guy, 19 or 20 years old. Like right. he's he's still got two, three years to go. I mean, he just he just a week ago on the road went bananas in the second half and led you to a win. Yeah. So it's not like this guy has had a million straight games of terrible games. But, I, you know, I, that, that's what I was hoping you'd be on the same page with me. I just think people need to understand there are certain guys that their stature and, and uh, how the rest of the team views them is different than everybody else. Quarterback, team captain. I mean, it's like you pull him. Where are you then? <laughs> I mean, be, and the other thing too is sometimes I always hear this, this whole thing of like, you know, sometimes you 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 need to sit him, you need pull him for a series, calm him down. What? I've never understood the whole idea of like getting benched is going to calm you down. You know what that does is, if anything, it pours gasoline on your emotions. And yeah, I th- I think- now I also think you can't treat a guy with like kitty gloves and be like, you okay, we don't have, but like, so I guess what I'm getting to is like, there's so many different things to consider, but I guess, I guess last, like, I just don't, I don't understand this whole idea of like somehow pulling him would calm him down. I don't know. And, and this kid might be solid enough that you could do it and he'll be fine. I just, I don't know. I think maybe it was a, maybe Peyton Manning his first game ever. He threw five picks or something. It's like, you're not pulling him. Like, you know, he's your guy playing like, not that he's Peyton Manning, but like, I'm under the impression that he's our guy through and through. Yes. Like there, like I'm under the impression that there's nobody really in that quarterback room right now close to him. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just, I just don't That's know. That's the sense I get. That's the sense I get. The co- Those coaches will know and you'll probably see it by you know, if this guy struggles and continues to struggle, then maybe they make, they have to do something, right? But I don't get the sense that they have any intention 
of not if Martinez isn't going to be their guy for the next two years. I agree, and 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 so moving forward, yeah, I don't know what things look like necessarily moving forward, but just all I'm saying is, don't forget about se- September thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven, yep. for Frost, like that stuff. It shapes you. Like he he has an understanding of what it's like to where to play that position in this state and to and to get slid under the criticism microscope. Yep. We have a lot of revisionist history about how everyone felt about Frost when he first came back to be the quarterback in ninety-six. Like Again, they lost the Arizona State game, and I mean, it, it, people were ready to burn Lincoln to the ground. Yeah. Like he was. I mean, it was like so he he had to endure a lot of that. It's a part of one of the reasons I've always admired him was he fought through all that stuff, and then eventually became an unbelievable quarterback and led Coach Osborne in Nebraska to a national championship. But I think in his mind, a lot of that that wouldn't have happened unless he had Coach Osborne totally behind him yeah and so and, and if you if you saw on the tv uh you know broadcast they showed a moment where frost went over to him and it was very calm very like how you did and martinez was calm he didn't look right like so that's the way he's handling this is he's chosen to go Here's how I w- would like to be treated, and he's treating Martinez that way. He's calm. He's not berating him. He's not mfing him. He's yeah. talking to him. He's showing him he's got his back. Stay calm. It's like I think that's that. It's clear he's preaching. Stay calm. Stay cool. Don't get rattled. Like you got to work through. Like that seems to be the message, and I think it's a good message. Um, but that that shows you where they're at. Like those guys don't look as rattled as I think. <laughs> the fan base feels like, you know, like right. when that stuff's happening. Right. And it's amazing to me, and, and quarterback is the ultimate position where this school of thought reigns supreme. It's amazing to me how how quickly we anoint quarterbacks and how quickly we write off quarterbacks in football nowadays. Where it's like Daniel Jones for the Giants had one good game, and you know people are like tell you what I think the Giants made got the their right guy. choice. They got their guy. It's Let me like, tell you about what? Jones. <laughs> it's like what? I'm so glad we didn't we uh, we didn't take uh, <laughs> Mahomes or uh, Darnold the year before. Who we got Jones now? So if you could have Peyton in his prime or Daniel Jones, I tell you what. We Thank made the right call. Joe. I mean, give that GM an extension. It's unbelievable, though. Even right now, I think if you polled a lot of the country and said, "Would you rather have for the next five years Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson?" Like a lot of people might choose Lamar Jackson, and a lot of those people would be fucking insane. They'd be wrong, you know. I mean, and so I, I think we, we've seen Martinez be the classic case of both. We all maybe anointed him a little too fast, and we've all yeah. probably or some people I'm not are writing him off a little too fast. That's that's a perfect analogy because we we did. I mean, that's what we all did. I mean, I don't know who anointed him the Heisman Dark Horse, but that was unfortunate for him this year because that's his expectation. And then it's been nothing but sort of like, you know, picking at everything yeah, about what, him. What's going on? And then now it's, you know, if, if you're thinking write this kid off now, it's like, like – you're just as crazy for 
thinking this guy's going to win the Heisman this that, year. That's it. That's it. You know, if like if you if you thought he was going to win the Heisman, you're you're nuts. You're off. Yeah. And if you also think you'd need to go to Noah Vedral right now and just never look back, I think you're nuts. Exactly. And, but I, with all that said, has is is has Martinez been a little head scratching? Yeah, I think so because. I think what he showed he was in the final seven-ish games of last season and then what he's been for the first five games this season, it's been it's been a little head-scratching in the, the lack of tangible, trackable improvement. Well, I think that maybe leads us to another conversation. Uh, and part of the some of the fun we had from last night was watching some of that, you know, the old power power option or I formation, you know, play. But that's also there there's a bigger there's a bigger story there. And the story is, well, why did we do that? And I think there has to be some some acknowledgement of like we don't feel good about a lot of those people that the names aren't Martinez, Mills, Jackson or Wandale. You talking about skill? Skill positions. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think Nebraska's I, I, Nebraska's first completion to a wide receiver came with less than four minutes to play in the third quarter. I think we like as much as people said that's a great you know it was great to see him and he was like I don't think he was doing that as a gimmick as a hey we just wanted to do this to. To pay, pay homage, to, pay homage, yeah, pay tribute. You don't do that. I, I think we did that out of necessity of we need to manufacture some offense, and we can't right now depend on our receiver core right now to really get it done for us. So right. we, we're really putting everything on. We got to find a way just to get some drives and get some yards, and sort of change the pace to take the pressure off a little bit, you know, of this passing game. So like we're we're putting it on the power run game. Like we, I mean, that's not the normal MO, but I think that was sort of something we've done out of necessity. Right. I don't think that's a gimmick or an homage. I think that's like, we're doing that necessity to just, you know, we got to manufacture some offense. Yeah. They, you, you think about the lack of the skill guys outside of the, the, the big, what it, Wandale, JD, Maurice, and, and Martinez and Mills as well. I mean, it's it's hard for this offense to really pop if you if you don't have some wide receivers that are that are making plays. And then I still think I I think there's been a handful of things. I think clearly because I don't want to line up and make a ton of excuses for Martinez because he has he's just missed some guys and he's not played well in moments. But I think there's a wide receiver issue. And maybe I just think the the high snap stuff, like if Cam Jurgens can't get this calmed down, he can't be the center. Doesn't help. I mean, like you cannot. I don't <laughs> understand. Help. Like you can't. Like if you're, I mean, his at the end of the day, his number one job is to get the snap to Martinez in an accurate fashion, and he's not doing that. And this is a timing offense. It's a rhythm offense. And if every play starts with, uh, uh, that's challenging. Uh, Totally agree. Uh, That's not, that doesn't help with anything, but uh, 
we I think this has been four weeks in a row now we're talking about these receivers and we we just we don't even attempt to throw the ball down the field. Like we can't nobody can get vertical and put pressure on this. Like they Ohio State had three or four guys that they were running by our guys or you know they throw it up in the back of the end zone these guys go make great catches. I mean they make great right. plays. Like sometimes that's your offense is our receivers better than your guy guarding him? He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, and we throw it up over and we play, you know, jump ball. That makes offense easier. Do you know why? There's no thought to it, right? It's like you find a matchup and throw it. We don't have that luxury right now. And that's so, hard. So, so when that when that reality is true, are do you think cuz do you think they're going to you're going to see more I formation stuff or what do you I mean, cuz cuz clearly I mean, it's not like it's crazy how fast football season goes. I mean, we're five games into this thing. Yeah. And it's not like all of a sudden Noah's going to become but Odell Beckham Jr. But also Northwestern like, is not Ohio State. So right, if, you but, look, if you looked across the board at Ohio State, those DBs were all like 6'1", bigger than our receivers, right. faster, stronger, more explosive. So um, the matchups were not in our favor Anywhere now, right. all of a sudden you play, uh, you know, Purdue, Northwestern, Indiana, Indiana, Maryland. Yeah, to me, we match up better where those guys have a better shot at you know winning their matchups. But I don't think we felt good about those matchups last night. Is it my it's it's my take from the play calls, and you know, and then going from the going to that more of the power stuff where we're saying we're going to rely on our O line. And our running backs and quarterback to just go win the game for us, like that. That was it. Certainly doesn't help too. Built when into it. Maurice Washington died again on like after where, every. Where does he die? I mean, he just <laughs> like again. It's like every like what's happening. I mean, he got he ran that little out, and a DB came and just like assassinated his ankles, and he was just he's got these like long skinny legs, and it's just like whoosh, and he just. Down again. But I don't know. I mean, it's like he's got to be able to get to where he can hang in there. Yeah, he'll be I a mean, guy that they need to get in the weight room and put on the, you know, oh the God. reverse Atkins diet, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> the donut. Just, yeah, I mean, Maurice, this is, uh, I don't know they how to say open this. harvest, have meats and bread. Guess what? You get to eat whatever you want. Like, the worse, the better. There's no, there's no limit to how many bad things you get to eat. I mean, do you think he can even wear normal socks? Or do you think you like pull them up and they just they fall just, down? Just it's, yeah, just I mean baggy. God almighty. But okay, so to put a bow on the Martinez conversation, like I mean, I think a bunch of different things can be true. I think anointing him and I was I was probably guilty of it too. I probably ch- chugged the Kool-Aid a little bit. Um anointing him too fast, stupid. Writing him off right now, probably stupid. Yeah. But also the first five games, has he been has he really improved a ton from his freshman year? No. Is he making some some shaky throws? Yeah. Like I think we want to make it all one thing, and I think a bunch of different things can be true at the same time. With also, he was really good in the in the second half at Illinois. Yeah. I, you know, so I'm I, not I'm not as overly concerned about – I mean, I'm a little concerned about Martinez, but it's not like I, – I, I still see 
positives that he's our quarterback, and I am thankful we have him. Because yeah. I'm just telling you, we've had a lot of quarterbacks here, and I wouldn't take any of them over that guy. Right. And so that's that's a good – I mean, of the last 10 years, I'd take maybe Crouch because he's <laughs> – I saw. I actually talked to Crouch last. Did night. you? I hadn't seen him in a long time. I saw him, and he was. I that said, guy. Rough one. He goes. I'm going home. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great guy though. But yeah, Crouch. Yeah, you take Crouch over. Well, yeah, he did but, win the height. But here's the thing, and I, like the the thing that's also unfortunate is I think Martinez gets lumped like all the offensive issues get lumped into Martinez. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Where so where I I think the two so two more takeaways are one is. It's not all Martinez. There's a lot that we have to do. And so I think there's a personnel, like the personnel is like, we got to talk about personnel. Like the reality to me is that we're now what we thought we should be ready in year three. I think it's going to be year four. Yeah. Realistically, I I think this team doesn't look like it's ready to win a conference championship anytime in the next 20, in the next 12 months, 18 months. To me, Nebraska Nation needs to embrace the fact that this is a long-term build, longer than we thought when we hired Frost. Like, this game shows you, and I'll say this while saying, I think we're doing the things we need to be doing. Like, Frost is building it, and we are not within a year of being where we need to be. It's going to be two more years. It's just, with Martinez, because we'll get to the big, that we'll get into the big stuff here. Like, the thing that's hard is this season, Martinez, Nebraska is only going to go as far as Martinez probably takes him. Yeah. And so far, he's not been like any elite, elite, elite stud. And football is hard, especially with this offense, if you don't have an elite quarterback. I, re- I do recall always when, when I would talk to your brother uh, during the start of the 2017 season when Central Florida ran the table, you know, I'd, you know, shoot him the text on a Sunday, like, hey, another good one. Things are going great. Congrats. You know, and he would, he would, he would always say, our quarterback's playing great. Yeah. Our quarterback's playing great. Our quarterback's playing great. And McKenzie Milton was, you know, like he was, he's not as talented as Martinez, but he was playing great. That's the thing. Great. Martinez, you just measure him and, and all the, all that stuff. Martinez is more talented than McKenzie Milton, but McKenzie Milton in 2017 was a badass. Yeah. And, and so what's hard. Yeah. Did, did, I mean, it's competition who's around him, circumstances all different, but in this offense and in football, especially in 2019, it's just like football is really hard if you don't have a quarterback that's playing at an elite level, especially yeah. given all the rebuild stuff that you have to be doing around him. And all those things are interwoven, but that's just the reality of the deal. Like, ultimately, if someone had said what needs to happen for Nebraska to beat Ohio State, I would have, I said I would, my first answer would have been Martinez needs to be, the, be like leading sports center. You know, like, I mean, it needed to be, he he was out of this world good. And same thing if Nebraska wants to, if Nebraska wants to win the West, he, he Martinez got to be big time for the rest of yeah. the season. What's hard though is I don't know, like you put anybody else in his spot. Is it different? How much different is it? Like, I almost don't know because like uh, he missed the one, he missed one throw, missed one screen, one screen or two, a couple low balls, but like. He did, we didn't even have a chance to throw it down the field. We no. didn't even have like everything that else was, was collapsing. Yeah, I mean, it, there was only you know, 
that's the hard part is they were just so much better across across yes. the board. So, I mean, a lot of what I'm thinking is like I'm trying to picture our team in two years. Like, you know, this is the end of the Riley era class. These guys. Um, the seniors. The seniors and some juniors mm-hmm. are Riley guys. But then, you know, the, really the majority of the younger guys now are kind of Frost first guys. And, you know, he's got a – this is going to be a big recruiting year. Like, can we get guys that can – come in you know a couple more of those like wandale types that come contribute and can some of these younger guys develop and and be the guys we need to be next year you know because i think this game showed me it's like hey like these guys are i didn't feel like we quit and that and that's one important thing that i think we should note is i rewatched that and it you'll see a team quit I thought those Riley guys, I last think, year, the 2017, those guys in the latter stages, they quit. quit. Yep, they quit, and that ha- and, and teams quit. That happens. These guys were playing with pretty dang good effort. They weren't playing great football at all. I mean, they were getting sometimes they were getting bulldozed. Sometimes they were, um, you know, making bad mistakes, like you know, not seeing the not seeing your gap right or not seeing the guy you're supposed to be seeing on defense. Yada yada yada, but. It didn't look like they were quitting. I agree. And so that's a that's a distinction that needs to be made. Like that's we weren't quitting, but that also shows that like we're just overmatched them. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be a we got we got to get better players, and we got to get you know we got to keep developing this this program it, to where you know we get to a place where they don't feel like you're playing against an NFL team because right. that's those guys just, they looked and it looked and felt like they just were like, we have no business being on this field. These, this team it's. So I, I was, I, I kind of, I wrote this down in my iPhone for I'm, I'm curious. Cause I, I think everybody, this is one of those you stop in and zoom out and think like that. That's one of those games you stop and zoom out and you think about everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's there. There kind of are a bunch of different things. That, there's what I thought would happen with Frost's return, and what I conjured up in my mind of what it would look like in year one, and then year two, and all that stuff. And so you have that in your head, and then there is reality. And the reality is this team has a long ways to go, and what's challenging is. I I keep on giving them the benefit of the doubt and have have tried, like a lot of people, always to remain glass half full, positive, all that stuff. But it's like if if I can stop, if we can stop and kind of smell the roses and be honest for a second, if someone were to ask me year two, game five, are they as far along as I thought they'd be? My answer is no. Now, that doesn't mean all is lost. Um, to steal a frost line, he keeps on saying, you know, we are what we are. And what they are to me is not, and now everybody's answer is different probably. What they are is not as far along as I, as I thought they would be at this point. I didn't, I, I just, I didn't think nights like last night would, would continue to happen in year two. Like I just didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think that that would continue to happen. Now, that, again, that doesn't mean all is lost because obviously the whole cliche of who you are today isn't necessarily who you're going to be tomorrow. And just because you reach a certain checkpoint and you're not 
on schedule doesn't necessarily mean that you are, aren't going to ultimately get to your final goal. But I mean, if we're talking about, because a lot of people circled this game as a litmus test of like, we're going to find out a lot. They clearly have a long way to go and they're not as far along as I thought they would be. But again, that doesn't mean it's just like fucking burn it down and it's done. Yeah. It's hard because our, once again, it was, our expectations were, we saw it frosted at central Florida. It happened fast. I think back to some of the other, you know, coaching changes. I think the, you know, like you think about Pelini in 08, there was more talent on that <laughs> roster. Yes. You know, the team Callahan t- took over in 2004, there was, you know, nine out of the 11 defensive starters were NFL guys. Yeah. That's not a joke. Like, right. a couple first round picks, you know, th- things like that you forget. You, you're going to look at this team and go, oh, none of those guys are going to be. There's t- no t- question. Yeah. There's a, there is a, and it's hard because, you know, these are, you never want to, whenever you talk about college kids, you don't want to like crush college kids. But no. Like, there is, there is without question a talent issue that is still prevalent. Yeah. And, and that's the part people talk about rebuild. Like, well, this coach is going to make these guys better than Ohio State and you just go, well, no, it doesn't really work like that. No. Like and I and I didn't in my little little rant there, I didn't think that they were gonna I didn't think they were gonna beat no. Ohio State. But I also didn't think they were gonna be down 38 nothing at half and look like every other look like it you, you agree. If I didn't if they never went to the sidelines and I didn't know anything from anything else, you, you could have told me that was a Callahan game. You could have told me it was a Polini game. You could have told me it was a Riley game. And that to me is the thing that, that I think bothers people the most. Agree. And, and there's no, there's no excuse really. And uh, no good explanation for why that's still happening. Exa- yeah. So uh, I agree with that, but I, it also like this game woke me up to, we're just not, we don't have the horses right now to, who? Totally, just say, let's go. You know, we got to do with the best we can with who we have. That's what we got to do, right? But like, we we talk ourselves into these guys being what they're not. So we put them right on par with, you know, we say, oh, we like this guy. Yeah, he's gonna be one of the like he he's he's not a problem. It's like, well, he is a it is a problem if he's facing. Ohio State guy who's freaking right. gonna yeah. be a pro. Yes. And then you wonder why, well, we can't be like we're not gonna have a chance against him. So I think that's the 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 issue at, and I and I I put it on myself too as like a Nebraska fan. Is like I start buying into like, oh, this guy's good, we don't have to worry about him. And I I think I just assume this stuff that like these guys are a certain level, and you realize like, oh no, these are the same guys they were last year but just maybe in a little bit better you know better coached better understand their what they need to do but still there when it comes to just you got to beat this guy in your matchup there's a, there's if a, you can't a, beat him you can't beat him this i was trying to pull this up on my phone so i had it in front of me i mean in 2017 nebraska had one player drafted in the 2017 draft that was nate gary fifth round yep last year in 2018 Nebraska had one player drafted uh, in 2018, Tanner Lee, sixth round. 
that, like, and so then you get to you go to Ohio State. I bet they have ten plus each yeah, year. Like right, ten I mean, guys each year get drafted. So that means you're playing a pro team or a soon to be pro team every year. And if you're a college team, that's that's what we are. Well, and then who? As I knock over my cup, but and then you think about this year. Who's getting drafted this year? Maybe the Davis twins. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so I think. I think. I mean, honestly, so I guess that can't be lost on people of like, it's not all correlating NFL drafts to success, but like there is a non-negotiable amount of elite talent that has to be there for you to do anything. I mean, when you realistically want to beat Ohio State year in, year out, like, or even compete with them year in, year out, you got to get. You're never going to, we're never going to have the same talent as Ohio State. Let's right. just know that. Like, that's never going to happen here. It's too hard to recruit like they, like they do. But if we can get half the guys, so it, like I say, when you're picking, it, when you're picking, hey, out of the starting 22 guys, we got to have six to 10 got to be, you take Nebraska guys versus Ohio State. Right. You're, you know, even getting close to being 50 50 there is what you're going for. You know, it, six of them. We can't have none, though. You can't be, no, we take all 20, 22 of theirs versus none of ours. There's, can't have that. There's, I mean, the 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 drought of all-conference offensive linemen that goes back to, gosh, maybe all the way back to maybe Spencer Long. Yeah. Ricky but Henry. Ricky Henry also. So, I mean, we're talking, I mean, and then before that, you got to go back to, Richie Incognito, Carl Nix may have no. I don't even know if Carl was. No, so I guess like the, the, to me, there are certain things like like Nebraska needs to get back to where they're having at least some first team All Conference offensive linemen, and then you can't have zero guys getting drafted in the NFL off your team or one guy getting picked. Yeah, like that, and that is there. So I guess what. And that's my whole thing. It's like, we love to do, we can do this whole thing, not to go all Rasilla, where it's like, you know, we can do the thing where, you know, we get all mad at, but, you know, we can do, we can do the whole thing of everyone getting all frustrated with, uh, with the situation. And I hear you, like, again, like I said, I don't think, I think the thing that frustrates people the most is Saturday night looked exactly like almost every other night, but you can feel that way. But then you also got to unpack the story of that individual night and this individual moment in time, and there is without question still a talent issue, a personnel issue that you can't snap your fingers and change. Yeah. So, so the, here's why it's different, though. Like, so that that's a good point because you can't say it's the same every time because each one is different. Each of those eras is different. I mean, when we lost seventy to ten to Texas Tech. We had such a more talented team. It, it was like we were Ohio State and they were Nebraska. And they just outplayed us, outschemed us. It was, but we had nine pro football players That's, on the defense that gave up 70 points. Unbelievable. Like Fabian Washington, my, my brother, Carriker, right. uh, Lakeven, Stu Bradley, yeah. the Bullocks twins. I, I mean, mean you, you take them all right now. You'd say, yeah, we'll take all those guys, right? So you had all these guys, but we had an issue with a coaching change, and the culture was terrible after that because we were it essentially it was like a hostile situation. And 
you know, then the schematically we're going, what are we doing here? And then all of a sudden, you know, Texas Tech and Mike Leach are just doing this new stuff where yeah. if you're not if you're not on the, on the screws with that, it's going they're going to they're light up, well. and that's what happened. But you know what? Like, we didn't lose that game because we were not talented enough. We were way more talented. I'm talking way more talented, and we lost. So there's different eras, and there's different reasons. The only theme is is like it's happening to us, and we haven't fixed it yet. But yeah. it's not the same thing each time, you know? Right. So I don't think there's any question when you take when you take into consideration. Let's think about every coach since Frank. Because that's a different I mean, when Fra- Frank, like, I mean, he and that like, was the Osborne uh, you know, somewhere. So you think about you take into consideration what Callahan inherited, just I'm talking raw talent. What Callahan inherited, and then what Bo inherited, Pellini. And then what Mike Riley inherited, and then think about what Frost inherited. I don't think there's any question that the raw talent of what Scott Frost inherited is by far, not just kind of worse, by far the Correct. worst. Correct. Correct. By far the the he got the shortest end of the stick with with talent. I mean, you think about sometimes I do, you know, and Bo Pelini obviously w- was a a very accomplished defensive mind, but it's like God. Damn, you think about what that guy inherited from a talent standpoint. I mean, so I mean he 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 gets he has Sue. So the guys that that he inherited, Sue, Philip Dillard, uh I, did he recruit Larry Asante? Nope. Larry Asante. I mean, I'm just going off of draft picks. Yeah. Uh Eric Hag, Keith Williams, Niles Paul, Dejon Gomes, Alex Henry. Roy Hallou, Prince. That's one draft. 2011 draft. Those are all cats that got picked. Yep. Then he recruited Levante David. Uh, but then I think he inherited Alfonso Dennard, uh, Marcel Jones, a seven-round pick, and Jared Crick. He recruited Rex. He recruited Damian Stafford. And then you're getting to where it's his guys. But it's like, think about all those guys that is named. Yeah. That That's what you get to work with. And, I mean, we just, you know, like I said, we got guys that I do think they work hard and they, they – they're, I think they've bought in and they're, they've gotten better. I know they've gotten better. I really do. I really, it's night the and defense, day better. Yeah, they're right. better, but just it, it's still, they're doing their best and it's just not, it's not going to be good enough to be on a national scale. It's going to be good enough maybe to, to be competitive in the West. I'm not That's, saying like, I, I keep watching this year. I, I think we could, you know, other than it's going to be hard to beat Wisconsin, but like, we're going to win some more games. So that so but that's it's just like when you talk about Ohio State, I mean, th- it kind of felt like this against Michigan last year. Right. And like when we play those guys, it just feels like, "Oh, man, like Yeah, there's a big difference. That that's the stuff that shakes us up is when we go, that guy just handled. Like if, if a guy can handle you, we're not doing a good enough job being like, "Okay, I'm winning my battle and doing my job and see, you know, making the play." Like we're just trying to just stay up What's what's interesting is I think the next if you are trying to become a professional golfer, getting on Pebble Beach and going head to head against Rory McIlroy probably isn't the greatest gauge of your progress. Yeah. You might want to go to, you know, Jim Agger and beat the best guy there. You know, there are there are steps to this thing. So 
in some ways, we want to use Ohio State as the benchmark of, of where Nebraska's at. Now, it's good to peek up and see what the best of the best is, but I think more so the next four games are going to be really, really... I think we're going to learn... I just, I'm not so sure we're not going to learn more about Nebraska in the next four games than we necessarily did against Ohio State, where you got Northwestern at Minnesota, then you have a bye week, then you got Indiana at home, and then you're at Purdue. Yeah. Because that, what does that tell us then? Those games more tell us how we, I mean, uh, one, we know we're nowhere near Ohio State, but I don't know if those other teams are anywhere near Ohio State either. So I guess, I, are you saying this will tell us where we are compared to those guys? I, yeah, because I think there, it's like, it's, it's, it's my whole point of like, beat the guy at, and I didn't, uh, beat the guy at your local country club before you think about beating Rory McElroy yeah. at Pebble Beach. In this analogy, the guy at your local country club is Minnesota and Indiana and Purdue and all that stuff. Like, th- that's going to be a better gauge. We know, I mean, in all reality, what do we really learn about Nebraska? We knew Nebraska wasn't, I mean, that's what's so funny about this. It's like, they didn't, like, show of hands, who thought Nebraska was going to beat Ohio State on Saturday? Almost nobody. Almost nobody. And then Nebraska didn't beat them. And, but it's just the way in which it the, happened. The gap but, is the, the the hard part is the gap's bigger than we thought. That yes. thing is we talked ourselves, we talked that gap down to almost nothing. Right. We talked it down to well, they're a little better. They're going to be as and what we realize is like they're a lot better. Right. And and then, and then like I said, part of that's just Ohio State. Ohio State got better. Yes, they got better. And so I guess I'm just what I'm saying is they're the. Nebraska ultimately when it gets back to where they're the elite and they're hanging there, you know, the company they keep is Ohio State. But right now, Nebraska's the their company's more Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue. Like that's who they are aligned with right now. Mm-hmm. And so in order to get to where you can even think about hanging with Ohio State, you better get to where you are consistently better than the teams that are coming down the pike here for the next four games. Yeah, I think for me, what I want to see is we need to beat the teams that we should beat right, right now. That's that's what I think we need to do. And I, and that means that... See, and that's what's hard. It's like, well, what does that mean? Because it's like, I should, do think should Nebraska win next week? I do think so. I, I think they should, but at the end of the day also, it's the reigning West Division champs that's won 10 games two of the last three years. Like and they've they've kind of owned Nebraska. They have owned us, but to me, I think I think we are we should be able to beat them. I think we should be able to beat Minnesota. Now I think Wisconsin is a better football team than us yeah. right now, and way better. Yeah, I mean, I mean Northwestern played them pretty tough, so that was the first time I they kind of showed a little bit of vulnerability. But I think they're a better team than us right now. Yeah, so. That falls in line with beat who you need to beat, and then you know take your shot at Wisconsin. And so what? So I mean, as we kind of we we jog to the finish line here. Do you? Is it is it absurd to still talk about this team potentially competing for the West Division? Um, not absurd because there's a lot of football left to be played, and really the two teams you're you're worried about are Iowa and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Northwestern doesn't got it this year, I don't think. Um, beating Wisconsin is going to be the hard. I think Wisconsin's the team to beat. Obviously, there that's still um, the the team that. But there's still a lot of football, and like I said, the, I don't think the any of them are going to be 
at the level of what Ohio State is. I mean, that Ohio State team right now is they really are good. dangerous. Like they jump to basically being like pencil them in in that dang playoff playoff because yeah. that that's where they're at. So um it's going to be important for these guys to bounce back, man. They're going to have to have a bounce back week because these things can get dangerous from here. Yeah. And so that's I'm with you. I don't think it's I don't think they're going to win the West. I didn't think they were going to win the West really to begin with. I don't think they're going to win the West. I think Wisconsin's quite a bit better to be honest with you. Uh but I also think that doesn't mean that they they can't November, the month of November can't come around and they're in the, I mean, crazy shit happens in football. I mean, North Carolina is a two point conversion away from beating Clemson, Mm -hmm. you know, like stuff happens. Like you never know. Wisconsin could stub their toe. And as long as Nebraska, you know, keeps on trending in the right direction, then you never know it. But the thing that, and that's why I thought it was pretty, because I was really interested last night, given the graph, the, the enormity of what the weekend was of it felt like a, I mean, you have the announcement of the $150 million new facility that's going to be built. You have uh, college game day there, and then you have Ohio state come and then you really lay an egg. I was really curious to see what frost would be like going to the podium after the game. If he was going to be remember after the Purdue game where he was almost like, it almost looked like he was fighting back tears and was yeah. really emotional if it was going to be one of those moments or if he was going to be super calm, super matter of he fact. He was so calm. And he was so calm. And I think I think that speaks to – I think Frost – the one thing I really like about Frost is I think he has a great feel for a team a – the, like the collective locker room's mindset and like spirit and what what that spirit or mindset needs. I think like after that Purdue game, they needed – to get kicked in, they like they needed. Uh, it's a shape up or sh- get out of here kind of a crossroads moment for everybody. Yeah, and I think clearly right now we always go back to this. There still is the, there's the talent tangible part of it, but there still is the confidence thing is a real thing with this team, and you can't let that game knock you off your your heels too much because as you said last week. When you guys lost to Ohio State, uh, USC in 07 game day, that kind of, right? I don't want to put it. You and, felt like that. And, and Ka- Bill Callahan lost his mind after that game. I'm telling you, <laughs> we we sat down and watched the whole game as a team, which you never did. You never watched the whole game. You watched a few clips and you break in, in you know different groups. We watched the whole game as a team. And when I say he was like, <laughs> he was looking to like kill us. And like, you know, like it wasn't yeah. like... It was one of those things where he was going off the rails after that, and we never got back on. Like it was like our false sense of who we were got broke up, and then he and then he and then he. It seemed like whatever he he was thinking was changing, and I feel like he sort of I don't know he he went off the rails a little bit, and and I think Frost just showed he's going to do the opposite. Like totally. A lot of times when you have your worst loss and you feel your worst is when your coach needs to, to build your build you back up and not keep knocking you down more almost, right? right? So I think you're right. The teams you should beat and you don't, get on you. The teams that crush you and they should crush you, like, hey, it's all right, guys. This is like, we're, you know, build you up from there, pat them on the back, build the confidence. I think that's what he's doing. And I, I really, I love, I, last night I was 
midnight I got home and I I checked out the, the, the com- press conference. Yeah. And the fact that he was so calm, he actively went out of his way to not throw his players under the bus. Like right. People were trying to get him to throw guys under the bus. And he was like, I'm not going to do it, guys. I'm not yeah. going to do this. And I was like, God, what a good job. Just He was calm. That's It's a little thing, but that that tells you who the guy is. And I think that's why he's the right coach. Because in, in, in crisis, you do kind of look to your head coach a little bit for some semblance of like, how, how or for guidance for what mm-hmm. what do we need to be thinking about all those things and my guess is it was quiet in that locker room like a losing locker room is and he walked in there and was just very I bet I bet he didn't really talk much louder than this and said you know we we know where this is going we all got to believe that wasn't our best we we see. Now, what level we got to get to to eventually get yeah. to where we need to get to? Let's let's put this one behind us and let's get ready to go play next week. Yeah, I mean, like, do you want to yell at these kids for being worse players than Ohio? State? Like, that's the thing is, like, right? Uh, no one's gonna like. What good does it do when like they were just better and like we weren't? You know, like, say, it, it, as long as there's effort there, which there was effort, like totally. they were trying and they just weren't good enough. Then it's your job as a coach to just like you don't you don't you know break them down from there. You got to build them up. Yeah, it's like, the whole classic like you got to know when your team needs a kick in the ass or a pat on the back. Exactly, and that's it's true. It's totally and, true. And to me, last night was a night where they needed more of a pat on the back after that. Yeah, because there's still so much. It's it, bottom line is that was uh, I mean, there you, you still have you still can you still could win the West. Yeah. Like you still could. Yeah. It's it's possible. And so it like it, it does no good to freak out. Freak that's the, the we did that. In 07, we freaked out. And you could feel almost like I don't want to say it was the coaching staff, especially, you know, it just felt like it was more about they were worried about became like their own jobs. Yeah. They were right. thinking you could how feel how how it looked and felt for them. And it wasn't as much about the players, right? It was never about us. And that's a problem. And I think as long as you keep it about the guys, the players, their development, you care about them, that will go a long way for the future. Like got Yeah. Don't, don't let it come off the rails. Don't let it become something that doesn't need to be. It's going to be a big game though next week. Cause you got a team that is just, they're not very good. Northwestern. This year, they're they, not very good on offense. They played Wisconsin but tough. They, and they played Stanford tough in the first week. I know Stanford isn't great, but still, that's a power five pack 12 team. They they are a team that usually doesn't beat themselves. Uh, they're they're going to be tough. And again, this is for whatever reason, this has been a team that has kind of had Nebraska's number in a weird way. They S- played tough, smart football. So the, it'll, be, it'll be a big, big game next year. Next Saturday, I hope I hope we bounce back. We miss anything? I mean, I I don't I was this fairly this was level headed. Yeah, this was fairly. Uh, is anyone depressed out there after? I mean, I think this? we provided all sides of the situation. You know, everybody's frustrated, and that's okay. You know, like, but I also think people don't need to be making grand declarations about Martinez or Frost or this situation. Like, just. 
calm down, you know? Yeah. Like, because that's what's funny about this is like, you can be all mad and you're like, what well, did you think Nebraska was going to win last night? It's like, no. No, I thought we were going to play good though. It's like, well. Yeah, it still feels I mean, like so many of those conversations last. It night. still feels like they're, and this is when you know you're still a work in progress. Like, if just two or three or four plays go different early in that first quarter or so, things might have been different. They wouldn't have won. I don't. I don't. I can't drum up. Now that I actually saw the two teams on the field, oh. I can't drum up any scenario in which Nebraska would win a game against them. Trying to block that number two was just like, it looked like it was like nobody had a chance. I mean, he's like 6'6", 285 and can like run. Looked like the predator out he there. He did. I mean, it was just like, I mean, is is that guy a human being is the question. No, he did a 23 and me and they were like, predator. Predator is your great grandfather. <laughs> so it's great. Ah! 93% predator. <laughs> Funny, 3% Cherokee Indian, didn't know. Who How about guess? that? How about that? A little bit of Indian. Learn something yeah. about yourself every day. Yeah, a little bit of Northwestern European as well. <laughs> you never know. You never know what happens. Oh, man. My whole family did 23andMe. It's hilarious. It's I so have good. that. We got, like, I have that. I haven't done it yet. I have it, like, sitting in my house somewhere. I don't know. Like, we got it, and then we got sidetracked with something else. It's hilarious. It just brings up all sorts of fun. Uh, but I think bits. Chase Young... Did a twenty three and me, and it came back that he's a ninety three percent predator. He's ninety for sure, <laughs> for sure. Two percent Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? What happened here? But yeah, he's a he's a freakazoid. Okay, well, the toughest <sighs> the toughest pot of the year so far it was totally. a tough night, but because the Colorado was kind of like that one was pretty straightforward it in all reality. It was a totally different kind of loss. This just was. By the way, can we work on? Did you, did you Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade, like everyone does? Like X X yeah, like, marks the spot. <laughs> you gotta throw the bones. There, I mean, the, so Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade, when they would throw the throw the bones, I mean, they would be like, "What?" It, it's like they're it's like a Power Ranger. Or yeah, something. they're like, "Here we go!" Like it's it's what is that? I don't know. That's what's hard. It's like I'm a huge Nebraska fan, and then like. You throw the bones in completely the wrong way. But I'm so glad it was her as the picker. Yeah. And, I mean, you had Dwayne Wade. It's good for the national publicity. Right. And thank thank God that Wade played at a college that doesn't have football. So he can, like, cheer for Nebraska and not piss off a bunch of people. But, yeah, there was a great line. Maria Taylor asked Gabrielle Union, when did you become a Husker fan? And she was like, oh, you, you know, in this state, you're when you're born, you're immediately a Nebraska football fan. And she asked Wade, when did you become a Nebraska fan? He said it was written in the prenup. Which is just hysterical. But I'm glad. I was. I thought it was everything but the game was great. Everything but the game was unbelievable. I'll give Nebraska fans huge kudos. We're getting beat by 40. And it's the end of the third quarter and they like the – the red the, lights yeah. and everybody's still holding up their phone. And I'm like, if you're a fan, uh, I mean, if you're a, a player and you're, uh, I don't know what you'd be thinking, but there's got to be a little bit of like, so these guys are getting beat by 40. Everybody's still in there doing this. And it looks like this there. Like, it's kind of amazing. I, I would love, I, I would don't know. love to, you know, how great it'd be if me and you could sit down with like 
some 10 to 12 high school recruits who are being recruited by Nebraska in a handful and just like get into their mind of what, what, what do you think? Of what this? do you think of this? Do you think they're just, just crazy fans or do you like this? Like, like, what do you think of that? Cause I don't know. If, I don't know. It, to me, it's like the, the, the greatest sign of loyalty that no matter what, no matter how bad it gets, you're, you're saying, I'm going to stay out there and, and show support. And they were cheering for these guys when they like, they scored that touchdown and, and, you know, it's like, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I, I don't think I'm that good of a, I'm not that good of a fan. Right. Like people are just, it's impressive to see them. It's, through, it's, it's unbelievable. Through when it, you can't, when you think it can't get any worse and it does. And then yet they're still there doing it. It's like, God, I'm, pr- I t- I'm proud to be a Nebraskan when I see that. Type. Uh, absolutely. I just, w- I wonder what, f- because for me, th- there's a lot of, there would be a lot of top priorities as you're making your college decision as a recruit. Obviously, you want to the the style of play, the coach, uh, you know, those kinds of things, B- ability to p- play right away, you know. But a part of it would be in playing for a, a program where people care, and they really care. I mean, you ever been? I know you have. You ever been to a a Kansas football game? It was pitiful. I mean, horrible. And then I know for even for me with with traveling around doing basketball games for TV, it's like you go to some, you know, like you you know, like a Georgetown home game is is sad. It's sad, and a Nebraska basketball home game is fucking rocking. You know, like. And I'm not now. If you're a guard, and you'd be like, I can go play for Georgetown or Nebraska. It's like, I mean, one historically is way different than the other. But I just, I don't think. I think kids, you want to play where people care. They care, and I mean, Nick, me and my wife went out to the rail yard, right? The rail yard last night, and I'm telling you, it was bouncing people just had the worst loss in history i'm so depressed i'm like well we're got to go home my left like no she likes to she says were we're you going out you two with or without you like in the corner pretty much what i was thinking <laughs> anyway we go we go and you know they got the dj in the middle of the real and i nick every single tape it was full cracking like, yeah. so we went up above just to like look down everybody was on the tables dance like these college kids were going while people then you know people were getting drunk and you know, people are starting to almost fight. And then and we walked outside and some, gr- some girl slapped a guy in the face and we're like, it's time to go. I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a full fledged Like it was full a straight fledged, up. Like, wind up. Lisa Turtle. Yeah. And he just was just like, and he just gave her the stiff arm and it was like, I mean, he, <laughs> he had that three seconds of like, I'm winding my fist up. It's like, dude, why yada? Why yada? Uh, but anyway, I, I was kind of amazed at that people were were freaking going nuts, partying, having a great time. It looked like we won, it looked like we won the game. Oh man, I think people that you know what that is—that's coping. That, that is, is alcohol hey. coping. Like I don't really want to feel things anymore, so I'm just gonna numb my body with alcohol. But I'll tell you what—whether we win or lose, that seems to be what happens. Oh man, I, I told you this like. So I had to do the Saturday Night Fox show, and I did it at NRG Media, where 1620's at, and I'm, they're gracious enough to give me a studio to be able to do that. And I'm, I'm driving back to Lincoln after the show, and the show gets over at 10, so right as the football game's getting done. And it is, anybody that's ever, and pretty much no one does, driving on I-80 West 
after a Nebraska football game when everybody's driving on I-80 East is just, I'm driving and no one is on I-80 West. And the, the, it was just gridlock, wall-to-wall headlights of just full of cars. And you're driving and you're just like, that, and that's all, you know where yeah. all those people were? 40,000 people probably just driving back to Omaha. It's just, it's crazy. Did you see the beginning stages of the slap of this guy? Like, what was the... They I'm were always, arguing and I I'm always watching more, them. You, you ever watch, like, you you know, you hop on, like, Facebook and be like, you know, there'll be some street fight. I'm more interested in, like, I'd love... I want to know, give me the full synopsis of what happened that led up to the fight. So the fight happened, these idiots were dancing on the table, and they were probably, you know, 23 years old, yeah. just showing off. And the drunkest of them fell and undercut, and then they all tumbled and hit the ground. So then they all stood up and they, to, they squared off. And then the drunk guy was having a hard time explaining himself, the drunkest guy. And then you could tell other people just kind of ran in like, it's time for me to fight. And uh, and so me and my wife were watching just just amazed at you know. So, so a guy, so guys were on the table. Guys were on the table. That's never, girls get on the table. Guys don't get on the table, right? Hey, in the rail yard, apparently the guys get on the table. You know me. I, Nick Ball loves to dance, and I will dance at any moment possible. Getting on the table, that's no, you don't need to do that. Oh, and then so someone fell, and that somehow he undercut one guy. Like what happened made. to Maurice Washington? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It was like yeah. maybe it was Maurice. <laughs> but and then, yeah. so then who got slapped? No, that was then we went outside oh, then you to went leave. Outside and, and outside, like when you're walking to the street, these two were just off by themselves, and this girl was giving it to this guy, and he was trying to, you know, and then she just wound up and laid a full-fledged, like, five-finger, yeah. open palm. Oh, and, like, and caught him good? Oh, yeah, and it stung, and I was like, me and my wife were just like, wow. And he, like... He kind of gave her the press against the the wall, yeah. and then he was he almost did a yada and did not he did not he did not give it to her. But uh, I we were like I'm like oh he's gonna hit her you know I so, love to hit, I hope the police the police came and they're like all right what was said right before the slap. Why <laughs> <laughs> yada? He he said why yada. And you said Frost should have stayed in the I formation in the second. Like, why yada? Yeah, yeah. You ever seen those Russian slapping contests where like you ever seen those? Two guys like think think, so. think of an arm wrestling contest, but two guys like stand in with like a pommel horse in front of like in between them. And they <laughs> one guy slaps and then you hope like and, and basically like you lose if one guy like gets KO'd. I mean, what is happening? Wouldn't that be the worst? Could you imagine thing you could ever do? Yeah, getting open, like just standing there while someone. Isn't it better to get punched than get slapped? Because the well, punch doesn't. I mean, sting. we all remember the moment when Michael Scott was dating Pam's mom, and then Pam got upset about it. And the way for them to get even was Pam was going to punch Michael, and Michael couldn't take it, and then ultimately got slapped. But yeah, it's yeah, that'd be horrible. That'd be that'd be horrible. The stuff you see on a Saturday game day. That, and that was a long day, a hype day. There were people that um, my my uh, wife's 
uh, little brothers in college, and he said that he was going to get up at two in the morning to go to game day because that's oh. what people were doing. The college kids, were, I wondered that they were getting up at two in the morning so they could be the front row with the best signs. Oh, so that man. was what all these kids were trying to do. So I mean, like, I think we set records for how many people were at the game. I was day. wondering what time you had to get there for two in the morning. I mean, jeez, Louise. I'm sorry, I don't love anything I don't lo- that much. I, I, I can't think of anything. I don't I would, know. I would go at two in the morning and wait. I'm talking to, in the world. Is there anything you love enough to get up at two in the morning? No, for? I don't think so. Honestly, like I, you love your daughter, Maeve, but like, sorry, Maeve, Maeve, like, we're not doing <laughs> it. You know, we're just it's not happening. I, two in the morning. Two in the morning. And then it, what? I wonder what the experience is like at college game day because you're not you're behind Reese and Kirk and all those guys. It's not like they're doing it for you. You know what I mean? Like, there's a different breed that goes to that. But to they're that, the ones uh, that keep the, you know. Oh, those are the diehard diehards. Or they're young and drunk. Making a sign and just holding it up, yeah. you know. But, yeah, that was uh, – I'm glad that you you got to see – you got to see a slap. At least you had – at least someone was hitting someone. Slap her around the world. But All right. Well, I mean, I think we, I think we hit on it all. Uh, that was that was a deep dive. That was a deep, that was deep dive. Super deep. That ended so. up in the rail yard with someone getting slapped, which is fantastic. Where you always want to end up. So. Okay, so one week from now, we will be recapping Nebraska Northwestern, my friend. Need a dub. Need one in the worst. Need way. one badly, but hey, we're still we're still kicking. all good. We're still okay. Nebraska's winning the national championship. We're back. We're, you know? we're and, back. And with that, I leave you with this. Nebraska's back, and they're here to stay. <laughs> all right, everybody? Brian Gumbel, everyone. I'm Brian Gumbel. Have a good day. A Parkville Media Production.